Hello, welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Evan Brand. I'm a certified functional medicine practitioner, a functional nutritional therapy practitioner. I work worldwide with people that are sick and tired of being sick and tired and people that are sick of being told that it's all in their head or that there's nothing else that their particular practitioner can do. And I'm the guy who comes in as the cleanup crew, so to speak, and we run functional medicine labs to investigate things that were never investigated before, like mold in the home or candida in the home, which is contributing to their problems or mycotoxins in the body that we look for via urine, or parasites that we found in the stool testing, or mitochondrial issues, a dysfunction that we found via organic acids and chemical testing. So I love what I do. I'm extremely blessed to be able to have so many clients under my belt because I'm able to really quickly cut through the crap, meaning I take your 20 years worth of lab test folder and we dissect it and we extract the very, very few important pieces from that and we make a protocol out of that combined with new advanced testing that we're running clinically we do this around the world with people so that's what i do every day all day and then of course one time a week i get together with someone and we record a podcast so today's podcast is called the gut and lung connection and we've talked about this briefly obviously with censorship it's a bit tough to put it on other platforms besides my podcast right now but there is a very direct connection i did an entire it was actually 18 close to 20 minute video in my better belly functional medicine training course which was all about covid and gut health so i highly encourage you that course is open for enrollment so i highly encourage you to enroll if you're a practitioner this is a great course to advance your functional medicine knowledge so that you can become a better practitioner and help your clients and patients get to the root cause of their issues but if you're just a lay person and you want to be done with buying random supplements and bouncing around from practitioner to practitioner trying to resolve your issues and you have any type of gas bloating cramping weight gain brain fog depression anxiety skin did i say fatigue fatigue that's like a huge thing then my better belly course is for you and so the enrollment is open right now if you want to go to evanbrand.com belly we will put the link in the show notes and you can certainly enroll in the course right now. And I've actually bundled it. So in the past week, I'm just now telling you about this, but I've actually bundled it with my home course. It was originally titled Healthy Home, but that's not really talking about a problem because problems sell better. So now we call it Better Home for a Better Brain because what you're getting exposed to in your home directly impacts your brain, your sleep, your mood, your hormones. So we sort of retitled it, Better Home for a Better Brain. Both of those courses together are now available as a bundle, and I'll make sure to put the link in the show notes for that bundle. You're going to get a significant discount, hundreds of dollar discount. And honestly, I debated selling the bundle only and not allowing people to purchase the individual courses because it's so incredibly important to fix your home. You can't get well in a sick environment. Let me say that again. You can't get well in a sick environment. And so I thought, okay, people taking this belly course, if they're not fixing their home, their results are going to be limited. So that's why we created the bundle and we're saving you a ton of money. So if you want to dive in, you can check out my house. I take you through room by room. 
in regards to an EMF-free office, to a mold-free non-toxic basement, to a mechanical room that's optimized for air and water, the best water filters, how do you detox your kitchen, how do you prevent off-gassing, what type of non-toxic kitchen cleaning products should you be using, what about house plants, what about fresh air intake systems, what about EMF? That's all in the home section of the course. So you can enroll in just the home course, you can enroll in just the Better Belly, or you can do the bundle. So check them out. Once again, check your show notes for the links or go to evanbrand.com slash belly and you'll go right to the Better Belly course. All right, so we're going to get into the gut-lung connection. It's a huge piece of the puzzle. Doctors are clueless when it comes to this, and I can tell you certainly that uh, the guy that rhymes with grouchy Uh, He is not talking about this, and he should be, but he's a criminal. So here we go. Let's get into the podcast. If you need help clinically, please reach out at my site, evanbrand.com. And we are live. It's Dr. J here in the house with Evan Brand. Today, we're going to be talking about the gut-lung connection. This is really important. Lung health today is very important. We have to get good oxygenation. We have to make sure inflammation from different microbes in the environment, whether it's allergens or infections, we have to make sure that we're able to still breathe and transfer oxygen, even with those stressors in the environment. We're going to talk about how the gut is connected to that, how inflammation in the gut can be bi-directional and can affect the lungs as well. So let's dive in. Evan, how are we doing today, man? Hey, doing really well. Uh, Starting this thing off, I was looking at some papers this morning. I told you this was just too important for us not to cover. So in the Journal of Immunology uh, from this year, 2021, I'm just going to read you one really, really big thing here, which is the fact that intestinal dysbiosis is associated with increased mortality in respiratory infections due to an exacerbated inflammation and decreased regulatory or anti-inflammatory mechanisms in the lungs and the gut. And they say here, pointing to this important relationship. So this was actually the first time I've heard, you and I have been talking about stuff for years. I mean, we've done between us both close to, you know, a thousand podcasts and we've been talking about the gut brain axis. We've talked about the gut thyroid axis. We've talked about the gut skin axis, but I don't think we've ever hit on the gut lung axis. And so this paper is just really reviewing the literature on this. And it's absolutely incredible because guess what? The beneficial bacteria helps respiratory infections. And there's 30 pages, if not more. I haven't even had a chance to review all the papers on this, but there are countless, countless papers now and pages of papers showing that the probiotics actually can reduce the inflammation in the lungs. However, if you're in the hospital or if you were in the unfortunate situation of being in a critical care unit, an ICU, you're going to be getting antibiotics more than likely, and you're not going to be getting probiotics. And we could go into the mechanisms, but I think the mechanisms will probably bore people. But long story short, there's an increase in natural killer cells and obviously decreases in inflammatory cytokines. And there's many, many other mechanisms, but long story short, probiotics are absolutely amazing. And we know that the antibiotics that you're going to get in these situations are going to do the exact opposite. Absolutely. Here's a great study here. I know we're kind of referring off some of it. I'm going to share my screen here with the audience. Everyone can see it. All right. Let me know if you guys can see this here. I'm going to pull this up here so you guys can see it. 
Yeah, right. there it Can is. You see my screen there? Yep. All right. Awesome. All right. So off the bat, right, one of the key driving factors of lung inflammation is going to be dysbiosis, right? Why is this? A lot of this has to do with the fact that bacteria, 80% of the immune systems in the intestinal tract, right? You have some in the gallt, which is going to be the gastric associated lymphoid tissue that's in the stomach right here. And then you have the malt, which is the mucosal associated lymphoid tissue. So the mucosal, uh, that'd be the intestine. So the small intestines in the middle here, and then the peripheral on the outside is the large intestine. And so a couple of the big things that you're gonna see is when the immune system is overactive, one of the first things the immune system does when it's overactive is it actually creates inflammation, right? Part of inflammation is vasodilation, so it can bring the immune system, the immune cells there to help fight it off. Think if you get bumped in the eye, what happens to the eye? It gets swollen, right? And so you create this low grade of inflammation, which is part of how the immune system works. The problem is, you know, most of that inflammation that we're seeing in people, it's not a, oops, I bumped my elbow, it's gone in a day or two. It's a chronic low grade inflammation. And so you can see um, when we add in things like probiotics over here, right? Probiotics do a bunch of different things. They regulate the Th1, the Th2 immune cells, right? Um, so Th1, Th2, right? That's gonna be the natural killer cells on the Th1 side versus the antibodies on the other side. And so we have this balance between helper and natural killer on the one, and then we have the antibodies on the two. And so we have this good balance. And if they have it out of kilter, like let's say we have higher Th2, you may see more allergies and things like that, which can obviously stress out the lungs. And obviously if we have some kind of an infection in the lungs, we want good Th1 modulation because if the Th2 is really high, the Th1, those natural killer cells are gonna be lower. And so you can see, obviously, it's gonna express several viral defense genes. It inhibits various cytokines and chemokines. So the chance of you having, um, what's that? What's, what's the expression they call it here? It's the inflammation after a virus kind of comes in and ravages the lungs. Like a cytokine it, storm. Clean. Yeah, cytokine storm. And so this really helps modulate the imbalance in cytokines after the fact, right? And it's obviously, it's going to modulate immunoglobulins. That's your antibodies, your IgG, IgA, IgM, IgG. And then it's going to modulate your innate and your adaptive immune system. And obviously, it's going to help with the allergenic, anti-allergenic properties. So that's going to be a Th2 stimulator. So you can see, it's going to really help modulate this here. And again, <clears throat> this article doesn't even really address it. But if we don't have good gut absorption of, let's say, vitamin A or vitamin C or vitamin D, right? If we don't have good absorption in the gut then obviously all those nutrients play a major role in modulating the immune system too. Any comments on that, Evan? Yeah, well said. So I'll take it a step further. We see all sorts of dysbiosis, bacterial overgrowth, candida, parasites, worms, gut inflammation coming from the diet. You alluded to the malabsorption. So let's say you're giving someone X amount of zinc. Let's say you're giving someone X amount of quercetin and vitamin D and vitamin C, and you're thinking that you've got a good protocol. Well, we talk about this all the time. It's not really about what you eat or what you take. It's about what do you actually digest? What do you absorb? And what do you assimilate from that? So the problem is I have firsthand experience now with some really, really intense medical cases. We'll just leave it at that for now. And uh, this particular person has been getting vitamin C in a crushed up tablet form when in reality we should be getting IV vitamin C. So it's not just about what you get, it's how you get it, it's how much you get it, it's about how much you get from what you're taking, and there's a lot of issues. And if you say you're getting two grams orally in a crushed up low quality form, 
we know that vitamin C in general, we see it low all the time on organic acids testing. Maybe you're getting a tenth of that. So you're really just not going to get the therapeutic amount. So a lot of people I find are, are either being fairy dusted or they're fairy dusting themselves because they're putting so much hope into the products they're taking and they're just not getting much from that due to these underlying issues with the gut. And you and I have beat the drum on the gut for freaking 10 plus years now, and we're still having to beat the drum on the gut. But I, I hope that you feel as good as I do about all the work we've done because we know that everything we're doing with the gut is improving people's responses so that if they do get exposed to something, they're going to have a much, much healthier, better response to it. 100%. I want to show one more article up here if you don't mind. So we're trying to incorporate some of these new systems here. People can kind of see what's happening uh, with some of the articles that we're looking at while we go live. I think it should be helpful. All right, so this one thing I wanted to post here. So we're looking at different kind of infectious stress on the lungs and what's happening. But look at what's happening with probiotics, right? Probiotics are having an effect on modulating TNF-alpha, interleukin-6. It's having also effects on modulating over here your CD4 cells. These are your natural helper cells. The probiotics actually have a major role in modulating this whole immune response. And so, you know, I think one of the best things you can do if you have poor gut health out of the gates here is potentially adding in some probiotics, uh, maybe adding in some fermented foods as long as you are getting bloated or gassy. Now, some people that have SIBO, these things may make it worse. And so if you're one of those people, that probably won't be the best thing. But if you're trying to be more in preventative mode, we probably want to get some of this dysbiosis under control and work on building up good bacteria after the fact. Kind of my general analogy is you get your car washed before you get it waxed. You go and throw down seeds only after you've done the weeding in your lawn. Anything else you want to add there, Evan? Yeah. Yeah, except for like an acute situation. You might have to change the order of operations. You might just have to go hardcore in it. Maybe you get some bloating, some burping, some gas, some kind of reaction. You know, you got to make a pros and a cons list, right? There's always a risk-benefit analysis. And those short-term effects from a probiotic, if it were in the wrong order per se, not going to be a huge deal long term. Yeah, absolutely. Let me just kind of... All right, good. So I think that's really good. So first thing I wanted to add on top of that is we know gut permeability is a major stress on the immune system because you're allowing undigested food particulate potentially or potentially like endotoxins, which are like the outer shell of the bad bacteria, potentially even mycotoxins from fungus or mold, right? These things affect gut permeability. When the gut's more permeable, that allows more foreign antigens. Think of antigens as like foreign proteins, right? So you could put bacteria, viruses, food, all in that kind of antigen category. It exposes more things to the immune system. And the more you expose bigger chunks of things to the immune system, the more responsive the immune system will be. And so Ideally, we don't want to poke the bear, right? Think of like gut permeability as poking that sleeping bear, and we don't want to overstimulate that and create immune responses unless we really need to. Yeah, and you know what's crazy too? This, I mean, we've seen so many things with obesity and, you know, worse outcomes and diseases. And, you know, I went out to a restaurant yesterday. I got some delicious chicken wings, some grilled chicken wings. And I look around, and everyone, this is on a Sunday, everyone's drinking mimosas and bloody marys and whatever else and the majority of the people are obese and they're getting pretzels and uh, nacho cheese and then they get donut holes delivered to their table and then they get a sandwich with like six pieces of bread and the cheese is gooing off the sandwich and then they go and get chocolate cake afterwards it's like my 
goodness. Just imagine how much better we could be if people just had chicken wings like me for lunch. I didn't have donuts. I didn't have queso. I didn't have a freaking pretzel. I didn't have a Bloody Mary. Like, come on. Like, people... It's like they don't care about their health until they are forced to care about their health. But by by the time you get to that point, it's already too late. So I guess my, my little rant here is just I really want people to start taking their health seriously now. Stop waiting until you're at rock bottom before you decide you want to change things. Use this information that Dr. J and I are providing and implement it now. Like People listen, 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 and then the implementation is just not there. I really hope people implement the stuff you and I talk about. 100%. So, I mean, out of the gate, I mean, of course, you know, you may have caught people on a bad day. Maybe they're, they're 90%, you know, good 10% off and you caught them on their cheat day, right? But odds are that's probably not the case, but we have patients that are really good and may have a bad day every now and then. So, hey, fine. If you're doing great and you're on point and you're in great health and you want to cheat every now and then, I always recommend try to choose the, the least damaging cheat possible, right? That probably isn't the best example of that. Uh, but in general, food plays a major role, right? Because food's going to have the nutrients to run your immune system, right? Our fat-soluble vitamins, our antioxidants, you know, zinc, magnesium, selenium, all play major roles with the immune system. Um, our antibodies are made from protein. So if you're not getting and digesting good protein, you're not gonna be able to make good antibodies for your TH2 immune response. And then obviously, if you're eating a lot of inflammatory food, the more omega-6, the more you stimulate your prostaglandin E2, that's more of the inflammatory side, the more you're going to have unprovoked immune responses and you're just going to be chronically inflamed. And then you may have this cytokine storm thing we talk about because you don't have good balance to your immune system. And so also on top of that, right, um, we know how much carbohydrate, especially refined processed carbohydrate, it feeds a lot of bad bugs. So if you have a lot of fungus overgrowth, yeast overgrowth, um, bacterial overgrowth, these bugs prefer the refined processed foods, right? It's gonna just be easier to digest, easier for, to feed them, and so you're gonna create overgrowths like that. And these bad bugs obviously produce other types of toxins in your body, right? Bad bugs eat your nutrients and poop, poop, and then versus eating your poop and, and producing nutrients, right? Bad bugs take the nutrients you're eating and they'll produce more toxins and endotoxins and uh, different metabolites, lithocholic acid, etc. versus producing B vitamins, producing vitamin K, producing um, different beneficial acids that prevent the colon from overgrowing, right? Probiotics, acidophilus literally translates to acid loving. And so Good probiotics actually produce and lower the pH in the intestinal tract, which actually makes it harder for bad bugs to grow, right? Bugs tend to prefer a more alkaline type of um, environment to actually grow in the lower intestines. That's a great point. I don't think many people know that about acidophilus. I'm glad you broke that down simply for people, that you actually want this lower pH environment because that's not really a place for these pathogens to thrive versus when you're on proton pump inhibitors, for example, right, acid blocking medications, or if you've got an H. pylori infection, you're gonna have that higher pH, you're gonna have that more alkaline gut, and then that's where things really get into trouble. I mean, you and I, I think we've done a whole podcast on this, but the, the brief spark notes are 
lower stomach acid, age, stress, not chewing your food, that's going to increase malabsorption and feed the bugs too. So this once again goes back to the same thing we've said a hundred times. You get your gut tested, figure out if you've got this overgrowth going on. Don't wait until you're in a critical situation. We got to get your gut fixed now. Think of working on your gut as preventative medicine. How revolutionary is that? Yeah, absolutely. And then also when you consume too much carbohydrate, we talked about how you're going to feed the bad bugs. We talked about what the bad bugs do in regards to impeding nutrients, adding more toxins, right? Pooping poop, right? Um, There was one more thing I wanted to kind of highlight on that, Ron. We talked about the gut permeability and the overstimulating the immune system. Also, high levels of carbohydrate, glucose looks very similar molecularly to vitamin C. And so you have these macrophages, these little Pac-Men and Pac-Women that go along in the lymphatic system and in your bloodstream. They gobble up bacteria, gobble up viruses, gobble up crud. Vitamin C kind of docks on that macrophage and, and kind of supercharges the macrophage so it can gobble things up more. Guess what? Glucose can actually come in there and dock on that macrophage and it can decrease the macrophage's ability to gobble things up. Now, In the literature, the literature likes to make things confusing. So there's kind of like two sets of language. There's like the lay language, right? Where we're kind of communicating it in a way that everyone gets it. In the literature, they'll call it the phagocyte index, right? P-H-A-G-O-C-Y-T-E-S. So phagocyte with a P-H, right? So go on PubMed, type in phagocyte index, and you'll see that's the the macrophage's ability to gobble critters and bacteria up. And so if we decrease the phagocyte index, it's gonna be just, they're not gonna be able to gobble things up as much. And so this is really important. And so high levels of glucose, high levels of insulin, which again, glucose and fructose stimulate insulin production, right? And so you're gonna have less gobbling of your Pac-Men and Pac-Women in your bloodstream to be able to control these critters. That's crazy. Okay, so you're saying if I'm in the hospital and the nurse or whoever brings me my lunch, which I saw when my grandmother was in the hospital a couple years ago for heart issues, you know what they brought her for lunch? It was this little like packet of peanut butter, which was corn syrup and like peanuts, and then I think it was probably a piece or two of bread, and then it was a little jelly packet, and guess what that was? Corn syrup and like fake artificial flavor and purple dye and whatever else. So you're saying <laughs> that's not the optimal diet for good macrophage, uh, I guess you would call it bug eating per se. No. One, it's going to feed a lot of dysbiotic bacteria. Two, it's going to decrease the phagocyte index, so your body's ability to gobble up the bacteria and such. And then I would say on top of that, um, the more insulin resistance you have, because how, how it works is, right? You take in glucose, you take in fructose, right? When there's fiber attached to it, it actually decreases glucose and fructose's damage, i.e. like if I consume some fructose from blueberries, one, there's a bunch of antioxidants with the blueberries, a bunch of different quercetins and bioflavonoids and vitamin C on that. There's also fiber. So fiber kind of blunts the effects that you may get from fructose when you consume things like in in form of blueberries or strawberries. But when you consume fructose without the fiber, i.e. high fructose corn syrup, right, or table sugar, which is sucrose. Sucrose is fructose and glucose. High fructose corn syrup is just like 55, 45 fructose to to glucose, where table sugar is half and half, right? When you consume it without the fiber and out the nutrients, what happens is the body says, okay, we gotta go store it in the liver. So the first place it goes to to dump that fructose is store it in the liver. Uh, Once the the fructose sources are done there, it can't store it anymore, it starts to convert it to fat. And then once the liver starts getting fatty, all this fructose just hangs around in the bloodstream and it's creating all this oxidative stress. 
It's like putting a barbecue sauce right on your um, chicken before you barbecue it. It's, it creates this browning effect. And so when you have all this high level of fructose in your bloodstream because your liver is saturated, your liver's now fatty, it can't store it anywhere else, you have high levels of insulin, now you start browning all the arteries. And then what does that do? It creates inflammation, it makes your platelets and your blood cells just more sticky so you have increased chances of clotting, What's going to happen when you have clotting in the lungs? That's going to create a whole bunch of lung stress, right? Obviously, heart issues if it's in the heart, brain issues if it's in the brain. And so if we can get the fructose and the high levels of insulin down, one, that's going to help blood flow. It's going to decrease your oxidative stress reserves. And so when you have high levels of oxidative stress, what does that do to your needs of vitamin E and vitamin A and vitamin C? It increases it because your body's having to put out these fires and think of these antioxidants as like the fire extinguisher. So it's wanting to use all these antioxidants. And of course, the fuel that feeds a lot of this um, stuff is going to be high sugar and crap that also feeds the bacteria, which then makes the immune response worse. So you can see all these things, they kind of compound on each other one after another. Yeah, yeah, that was a great way to put it. That's what I was kind of picture in my head, this snowball effect against you, and it gets nasty quickly. It does, it really gets nasty. And then if you're really, really bad, and then you're on the feeding tube, I mean, we've seen, and I know you've talked about this before with your, uh, some of your work in the medical industry uh, years ago, I mean, you've talked about some of this stuff they feed people. It's it's bad. These feeding type solutions. I mean, I'm pretty sure it's just straight garbage. I don't have an ingredient list in front of me, but I know it's not good. Yeah. A hundred percent. And, um, you know, sugar is used. It hits that opiate receptor, right? It's, it's people use it to kind of modulate pain, modulate all the bad stuff that's happening. So it's, you know, it's very addicting, you know, once you're stuck on it. Uh, we had a question come in. How do you test for some of these things with the bacterial overgrowth? So you can do a SIBO breath test, a lactulose breath test. We can do one of the different organic acid tests that will look at some of the bad bacteria metabolites like benzoate, hipparate, 2,3-phenyl acetate, indican. Like these are different organic acid or bile acid markers that we can look at. We'll also run good comprehensive DNA stool tests that will look at some of these bacteria and if they're overgrown. Right, some of the common bacteria we'll see are Klebsiella, Citrobacter, Prevotella, Morganella, Pseudomonas. Right, these are some of the common ones that we'll see, uh, and that will be elevated way outside the reference range when this is happening. Yeah, you've got strep, you've got staph. We'll look at Candida on the stool, even though it's not as accurate as the urine. We'll look at the parasites too. What about like Blasto and Crypto and Giardia? What about H. pylori infections? All these things add up against you. So our goal is really try to get everything on paper and figure out what all you're up against. And the cool thing is a lot of times you and I are knocking out infections that maybe we didn't even know were there because we can't test for everything. Like we have really, really good testing, but I'm sure there are still different pathogens that we don't even know. But the cool thing is with these herbs and with these synergistic formulas that we're using clinically with people is that you may have some antiviral, antifungal, antimicrobial, antiparasitic properties all to these same compounds. So you may knock out four different infections with the same nutrient as opposed to, let's say, a specific drug designed to target a specific pathogen, like an anti-Giardia, anti-parasitic medication, whereas herbs, we may come in and knock out Giardia plus crypto, you know, plus the H. pylori, all in one fell swoop. So that's the benefit, and not to mention, let's say it's berberine that we're using for antimicrobial support, we may help support glucose there. We may, with some of these other herbs, yeah, we, we, yeah, we, may, some of that. we may lower inflammation 
at the same time as we're eradicating the infection. So that's just really the beauty. Once you get the data, the beauty is that you can work on multiple mechanisms at the same time, getting someone to the finish line faster. Yeah, and also when you take some of these herbs, these herbs are gonna have antioxidants in it. So the oxidative stress that you kind of create with the killing of these microbes, these herbs are gonna have some antioxidants present in them just due to their, their phytosignature. Uh, obviously, when you take in an antibiotic, right, you're not going to have a lot of nutrients or antioxidants present with that. They actually can create more oxidative stress. Just go into PubMed, type in antibiotics and oxidative stress or antibiotics and mitochondrial stress. There's a lot of studies supporting this. So the part of the benefits is, with the herbs is that you're going to get some antioxidant nutritive properties because based on their phytosignature, and again, this is all going to be dependent upon these herbs being higher quality, right? Not cheap ones. And, and if they're grown in soils that have high levels of lead or mercury, then that could obviously be a negative impact. So we want to make sure we're sourcing out high quality herbs. That's why we want to have them professional grade where we have third party testing on them to make sure they're adequate. Um, the next thing on top of that is there's synergy between some of these herbs. So for instance, you talked about berberines, right? Very helpful. The berberines also help modulate lipids right? Triglycerides, cholesterol, right? They also help with blood sugar. And guess what? Berberines combined with wormwood are shown to actually have antiviral qualities, which is very helpful. So if you have any kind of lingering viral stress, that can also be very helpful. Um, I see people when we do gut killing, they, they may start to flare their herpes because their immune system's going after it. Sometimes that can happen too, or there may, it may be very helpful with their EBV or something else going on in their body. So we got to keep an eye on all those things. That's cool. Yeah, that's really fascinating. Oregano too, right? We love oregano. We'll use that as a broad spectrum too. That has a lot of cool different antiviral, antimicrobial properties. Olive leaf is another great one that we use. And Yep. Olive leaf has antiviral properties too, anti-inflammatory for sure. And it's gentle. You know, some of these things are just so gentle that even in young children that we're seeing with these issues, I mean, I know uh, with you, and I, you know, I've actually had a couple clients, they, they've really uh, tooted you and I's horn. They say, you know, that you and Dr. J are kind of the only guys out there with young kids that actually are doing functional medicine because so many people are doing like functional medicine theory, you know, or maybe they're a clinician and they're older, maybe they don't have kids. So I wanted to pass that feedback on to you that our, our clients, they, they really love that about us that we've got young kids because we're implementing this stuff with our kids too. I know you and I have both done antimicrobial nutrients and other supportive stuff for our children. And it's been really great because there's so much fear and I, I guess you would just call it misinformation when it comes to, to kids. Kids are so resilient, but they do sometimes need help. And, you know, you'll often get the recommendation or the, the comment that, oh, well, the pediatrician doesn't know anything about that for the kids. I will tell you personally, herbs are great for kids and we use protocols with kids all the time. There's so much to be done with kids. 100%. So just kind of out of here, just if we kind of resummarize what we're trying to, you know, make sure you guys extract from here is number one, beneficial bacteria is going to help modulate the immune system, decrease permeability, immune permeability, which or gut barrier permeability, which takes stress off the immune system. It's going to modulate the cytokines, the interleukins. So when your immune system comes in there, you're not gonna create more damage from the immune system. So it's kinda of like the firefighters coming in and you have a small fire, and instead of putting it out with one of those portable little fire extinguishers, they bring the whole big ladder and truck in there and spray so much water they knock down all your walls. It's kinda of like, well, that's kind of an inappropriate response to that kind of fire. Same thing with your immune system. We don't want your immune system to be creating stress and inflammation because the response is inappropriate, right? We could see this with other stress infections. Uh, we see it with allergies, right? 
And so we want to make sure we have good immune stress. We want to make sure that your gut is healthy where it's extracting all of the nutrients. We're putting foods in there that aren't feeding the bad bugs, but also providing lots of good beneficial healthy fiber and healthy full spectrum antioxidants and nutrients to help the gut and the immune system as well. Any comments on that, Evan? Well, you know, that just kind of spurred the thought when we could do a whole part two on this, but I mean, there is a role of some leaky gut support outside of probiotics during this. You and I have our own custom professional formulas that we use with various nutrients like aloe and mucin and chamomile and other things that you can use to actually support the gut lining. So this would be another great thing to implement if you're in these situations. Maybe you're unable to get testing because, you know, it takes a, you know, a couple weeks turnaround time or a little more depending on what you're doing. So if you're kind of in a more acute situation, I think not knowing what you're up against, you still could bring in some of these leaky gut supports now and then if you're in a situation like I'm telling you to wait before you hit rock bottom, wait before, you know, don't wait before you hit rock bottom, don't wait before you have to go to the hospital, work on your gut now. If we have all the data, we can work you through these steps here. And then we may have already gotten you to the gut healing point to where you're not coming into this infection with a leaky gut. I would much rather someone come in with a healthy gut. We know we're gonna, they're going to do far better. And with this discussion you and I talked about today of the gut-lung axis, now's the time to focus on your gut so you don't have to focus on your lungs. 100%. I think that's great. Makes a lot of sense. So you guys listening, if you enjoyed today's content here, we'll put a list of some of the products that we use, some of the probiotics that we that we specifically like and use with our patients. I'll put some of the um, the immunonutrients that we like to kind of modulate the breathing pathways, quercetin, stinging nettle, all excellent. Um, I love ginger tea as well. We'll put that in the links down below. Those are all excellent things. And of course, some of the herbs that we like as well. We'll put some of the clearing herbs that we like for the dysbiosis and such in the comments or in the uh, comments uh, description below. And if you want to support us, you can purchase some of those things there. If you also want to reach out, <clears throat> we're available for functional medicine consultation support all around the world. We'll put that link down below as well. Evanbrand.com to reach out with Evan. Dr. J, justinhealth.com to reach out with myself. Thanks so much. Evan, anything, any last uh, things you want to highlight? No, that's it. If people need help, feel free to reach out. We're here for you. We'd love to help you do, do an overhaul. You know what I mean? If we got to look at your system, let's look at your system. Please reach out if you need help. Dr. J at justinhealth.com. Me, Evan, evanbrand.com. We'd love to help you and we're here for you. Awesome. All right. Have a good one, everyone. Take care. Bye now. Take care. Bye-bye. All right, I hope you enjoy that podcast. And as I mentioned in the beginning, I would highly recommend you check out the course. We've reopened the Better Belly Functional Medicine Training Course. I've had medical doctors, naturopaths, housewives, homeschool teachers, regular teachers, yoga instructors. I mean, I've had everyone take this course. They love it. There's people that are charging five to ten thousand for similar functional medicine courses. Uh, my course by itself at the current time of this recording, the price is going to go up. But for right now, I've got it discounted for $7.99. That's the Better Belly Functional Medicine Training Course. It's taken me literally almost a decade of working with people one-on-one, -on -one, plus suffering with my own issues, which I think are probably the most important lessons you can learn is fixing yourself. And that's all in that course. So that is an interactive video-based training course. We have quizzes throughout, which people love and give us great feedback on the quizzes. I think they're very fun at the end of each section. And then you get a certificate of completion, which will then open up the door for you to run labs on yourself, run labs on your friends, your family. If you have clients, you want to start working clinically, you'll be able to do that using this course. And you'll be able to learn 
organic acids, mycotoxins, chemical profiles, heavy metals, DNA stool testing. It's literally the best functional medicine course out there. And I'm not saying that to toot my own horn. I'm saying that because I've taken the other courses. They're not as good as this one. And most importantly, they're not as clinically oriented, meaning you're not just getting a bunch of information brain candy. You're actually getting hands-on step-by-step. Here's what you do for IBS. Here's what you do for candida. Here's what you do for low stomach acid. Here's what you do for SIBO. Here's what you do for H. pylori. Here's what you do for parasites. I mean, I literally lay it out as 100% clear as it can possibly be. You'll be able to see case studies, look at labs before and after lab results. You'll be able to see exactly what protocol we use, and you'll actually be able to hear some of my recordings, meaning client calls one-on-one where we're actually talking through this. And I'm also putting in, which it's already there, but I'm putting in more of coaching consultations. I'm coaching a lot of you guys, the students who have already enrolled in the course on either helping to optimize your own protocol, or if you're working clinically, I'm helping guide people into protocol creation for family members, friends, their clients, etc. So it's an incredible value. And that's at evanbrand.com slash belly. You can go watch the promo video there and you can enroll and get started right away. And if you're somebody who's got the itch to be a practitioner, you're sick of what you're doing with your career business, you can turn this into a highly lucrative thing if that's what you want to do. I do have a business course coming out, but I got to finish my fatigue course first. And you're going to learn a lot about fatigue if you are suffering from fatigue. You're going to learn a lot about fatigue and the gut connection in the gut course, but I have a more dedicated fatigue course that's in construction right now. So check it out. And if you want to do the bundle with the healthy home, better home, better brain course, that bundle is also available there. All right. And last thing, clinically, if you need help, I am available. I still do one-on-one consultations. Many clients, actually, you know what? I'm going to read you an, an email from a guy named Jim because he is a guy who took the course. And this is like a great testimonial. And I was really excited to see this. Because some people don't even need me one-on-one because the course is so good. So here's what Jim wrote. Evan, this is a thank you note for all that you do. I was able to clear the mycotoxins in my body in five months based on the education and supplements you provide. I listened to most of your podcasts and decided to take your Better Belly class. I ordered the stool, oat, and mycotoxin test you recommended in your class. The results were one one mycotoxin was off the chart. I had candida, bacterial overgrowth, and leaky gut issues, to name a few. I used your protocol in five months. The one off the charts was gone. The second one and two more have some trace left, but within normal range. All of my mycotoxin symptoms are gone. I have some bacterial overgrowth left, and I'm planning on a parasite cleanse. Thanks again for bringing my health back. That's from Jim. So that's really awesome. And that's why I made the course is because I'm limited in my time and I have Megan on staff as well. So we're seeing as many clients as we can, but many of these things, these protocols that I've created, you can use these on yourself and look at your own labs. You're smart enough to do this. So don't be afraid, take the leap, join, and uh, we'll talk next week. Take care. Bye-bye.